Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. That's ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Again, that's ebaymotors.com. Welcome to the final edition of Day After Dynamite for 2022. What a year it's been of Day After Dynamite. 42 episodes. I literally only missed 10 weeks this year, but it's also because I didn't start until midway through the year. But hey, folks, I'm Will Washington. This is Day After Dynamite. And I figured with Day After Dynamite being a show I started this year, and this being the last episode of Day After Dynamite for the year, I should turn back to where I started with this show. And... For those who don't recall, the person I started with, the first guest I had on this show, is one of my best friends in the entire world, a man I've known for 20, 21 years, going 22 this year, Uh, and a man that I have been to many a wrestling show with, including literally last night, guy I've podcasted with for a long time, it's Mr. Theron Reynolds. (laughs) Well, 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 well. Back again, I see. It smells like bitch in here, Will. But you know what? I didn't mean that in the least bit at all. Mr. Washington, how are you today, good sir? I am good. I just got home because uh, because for those, not, for those not in the Denver area, uh, when we walked into Dynamite, I'll say this. When we walked in, it was raining. But... Yeah. Uh, it, it it was, you know, it's a little drizzle. You had your hood up and all that, people standing in line, but, like, it wasn't too bad. But no. when we came outside, my God, it was, uh, the snow was already inches deep at that point. It, I, was, the, <laughs> it was the Christmas weather that I thought mm-hmm. we were going to have that we didn't get to have on Christmas. Everybody else got, everybody else on the East Coast got now. Oh, yeah. See, the thing about this kind of weather is this is perfect for Christmas when you don't have shit to do. When you're sitting at home, this is perfect sit-at-home weather. But no, when you have to drive and look, uh, every time AEW comes to town, which is the second time they've come to town, they don't ever actually come to Denver. They come to Broomfield. Um, And Broomfield is not Denver. Um, It's about, it's like 15 minutes outside downtown Denver, which isn't too bad. But like as far as the the suburbs of Denver uh, and like Aurora and things like that, you're looking at a good half an hour. Uh, it took yep. me 45 minutes in traffic. It's not Denver. Uh, yeah. And so, either way, 
that trek isn't so bad when you don't have all that like nasty weather but we had the nasty nasty weather i'm seeing people in the chat saying one guy says uh, avery says that weather was awful two hours and 45 minute drive how long was your drive oh my drive let's see so what we got out about 9 30 9 30 so i got home at 1 55 a.m shut the fuck up I wish I was kidding. I wish I was kidding. So when you get out of the actual first bake arena and you're on, what is it, 86 or the hell, whatever the hell 36, that road is 36, there, yeah. 36, uh-huh. we moved. Uh, we moved maybe a few inches every five minutes. I, I wish I was making that shit up. It was the worst. It was <laughs> terrible. Absolutely terrible. And might I add, Will, what did I tell you that I was driving on yesterday? Was, you were driving on a spare. You got a flat yesterday. What I heck? got a flat. Folks, I got a flat. Two hours before the show started, I said, oh, man, it's just going to be raining tonight. There ain't going to be no hard snow. I ain't believe in no stupid-ass podcast. The joke was on me. I had to drive in a spare. I got stuck three times. I saw a car spin out. I think I saw somebody die. Well, in my head, I saw somebody die. But still, it was panda fucking modium yesterday. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. Yeah. No. Uh, so we had another friend with us, and I t- told her, like, text me when you get home. I didn't get a text from her till like, 7 a.m., and I don't know if that's because she didn't get home till 7 a.m. or if uh, she was just like, I'm not going to bother. But something tells me that she didn't get home till like, 2 or 3 either. I, I was like, I'm just going to get a hotel in Broomfield. And not bother, like, trying to drive home, Um, which was the plan all along, Uh, mainly because the original plan was that we were going to get a hotel and kind of, like, leave the kids at the hotel, let them do their thing, you know. Go get dinner and drinks. Yeah, yeah, we were going to go get dinner, drinks, all that stuff. Uh, And then it turned out, hey, actually, this hotel is the right idea because this is just where we're going to stay for the night. The Uh, joke was definitely on me because I was like, damn, why did Will offer to pick me up? I'm on his way to the arena. That's rude as shit. And then joke was on me because Will wasn't coming home last night. So, uh, yeah. (laughs) Hey, yeah, no, it it, it was a disastrous um, snow. But, of course, being Denver, there's not a cloud in the sky right now. Sun is out. The streets are, like, flooded because it's all melted. Uh, this is how it works here if you've never been to Denver. Speaking of people who adore Denver but don't live in Denver, uh, folks. Will Washington! It's Jeremy Lambert. What's up, Jeremy? How are up, you? I'm glad, I'm glad you guys are safe. I was sitting back there listening to these stories, and Will, I saw your pictures, and it looked horrendous out there. So I'm glad it everyone was. made it home safe. Oh, yeah. So after the, the show was over, um, I... I get back to the hotel and uh, pretty much every wrestler is just standing around like where the fuck is their food because every place like closed early and we found one place. Um, it was Dave and Buster's and we're like, <laughs> okay, let's go to Dave and Buster's because uh, at least they've got food. We get to yep. Dave and Buster's. Um, I, I have to talk about, I'll, I'll tell a story about my, my little tiny Nissan Leaf and trying to pack wrestlers in that and uh, how silly that looks. And, cause, like, it looks very clown car- carish when you're, uh, <laughs> when you're dealing with people like significantly bigger and like trying to pile in a backseat. But uh, we ended up getting to Dave and Buster's 
and bump into Nyla Rose, and Nyla's like, good luck. Uh, they just announced <laughs> over the uh, the speakers that they're closing the kitchen early, and that was like five minutes ago, so... Wait, uh, this seems unusual for you at a Dave & Buster's? And so, yeah, I, I go and ask, and sure enough, they're like, yeah, kitchen's closed. We're actually shutting down early for weather, and... Uh, so no, and I almost spun out. We were like, we got to get some fucking food. And we ended up driving around. We found a Wendy's and we literally just ate Wendy's. Uh, I get back to the hotel. All the wrestlers have, uh, found an open 7-Eleven that they raided. And that was like pretty much it. <laughs> like, well, cause they, burrito. well, cause none of them had cars. Right. So it was one of those, like, okay, you got to get to like the closest place possible. And like 7-Eleven was it. Yeah, Seven yeah. Eleven was it, and uh, I, I do think it's funny that you point out that the David Buster's kitchen closed early due to weather. When we all know they close early when Mario Kart starts stops working. So I'm just saying, <laughs> like, not that big of a difference. Yeah, come on. Be real about that. Be real yeah. About that. <laughs> yeah. So it, like, my kids were excited for like half a second because they're like, "We're going to David Buster's. We didn't know we were going to David Buster's tonight." And we get there, and they're like, "Sorry, we're closing in like 15 minutes." So. Oh, I have a question to ask Theron because people go. people cannot see it on on the screen here, but I can see it in the backstage area. Is this a pinball machine next to you? Uh, oh, yes, sir! It totally is. That oh. is a uh, that is a vintage Tales from the Crypt pinball machine, which okay. was my uh, my big big pandemic purchase because as some of y'all know i work as a dj here in colorado and i was set to buy a whole silent disco setup and turn the world on fire back in 2020 it's gonna be a good year people gonna listen to music they gonna dance gonna be a good ass time and jesus said nah fuck that we ain't playing that today that's not happening today son and so i took that money and i said well what do rich people spend their money on? Because I'm not rich, but I got a rich people amount of money right now. I said, you know what? I'm going to buy me a damn pinball machine, and the rest was history. Now, All right, so yes. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a big reveal here, and I apologize. I'm going to put you on full screen, but here we go. Everyone will now see the pinball machine. Hit it. Boom. Yeah. Look at that. Look at that. I I could pan and show the entire arcade right now, because no. the arcade is uh, ridiculous. It's absolutely Please. ridiculous now. Leave some yeah, mystery. Leave some mystery. Leave some mystery for now. But yeah, I mean, look, T and his his horror collectibles. I mean, I, I see Krampus behind you. You've got the the Christmas Jason sweater on. Yeah. I mean, literally. Do you want to see what what T does on his own? Uh, watch T watches a scary movie. Check uh, it out. All right. What, what's your What's your favorite? Because there's a genre of like santa slasher films so yeah. and i i think this is even a more untapped genre than it actually is now like oh, I, think 100%. They could do, I think they could do more with this what is your favorite like santa slasher film i'm gonna be real so uh there was a movie that came out in the last few weeks that might actually now be my hands down favorite santa slasher it does count as a slasher uh christmas bloody christmas uh what the hell is that <laughs> I just got done reviewing it on the show a couple weeks ago. Um, okay. It is by uh, Joe Bagos, who did uh, the fantastic VFW about a bunch of vets who get into a drug war one late night. Fantastic film. And it is basically a Christmas Terminator story to where a robotic, a robotic Santa that's made by the Defense Department 
uh, goes haywire and just starts murdering people. It's basically adult <laughs> small soldiers in Christmas. Is the way to look at that now. Wait, it is, is, it, is it, isn't this just a Futurama bit? That's what they did oh in Futurama. My, yes, yes. It is literally <laughs> Futurama come to life with a kick-ass 80 synth soundtrack to it. It is gory as shit. Little kids get killed in it as well. Um, it is phenomenal. Uh, girl gets her ass eaten right before the, the guy gets killed by the robotic Santa. It is fantastic film. Watch it. It is on Shutter right now. Christmas, bloody Christmas. You will not regret it. And if you hate it, well, fuck you. you, uh, you know. Simple as that. Simple as that there now. It is fantastic. But yeah, if you ever want to see, basically, T, my he's my horror movie expert. He always has been. Uh, definitely check out his YouTube channel um, and and follow T watches a scary movie. Yeah, my top ten of twenty twenty two is going to be dropping tomorrow. So uh, if you want to see what the top ten horror films I thought of twenty twenty two were, gotta check it out. Gotta check it out. Well, yes. I, I will not derail the show any further than I typically do. There, nice to meet you. Will Washington, always call him the forbidden door of wrestling media because I just get to pop on this show. Uh, and meet new people. Yeah, meet new people. <laughs> no, then I message him. It's like, hey, you want to do some, some stuff with me? Have we? Yeah, yeah in Chicago. Yeah. That's right. I was going to say oh. it. All out. Now, I do not. Right. Well, oh, we okay, okay, okay. You're right. It's I okay. apologize. It's okay. I'm All a terrible guys person. blend together. You know how it is sometimes. Now I'm Will. He's T. You get it. You get it. I did not it's realize. Awful. I didn't realize it was the the same person. And I think we did not talk enough. Was the main thing. And we should That's have talked true. more. And now That's we will talk true. more moving forward. Nice to meet you in the virtual form on Day After Dynamite. I apologize. I feel horrible now. Uh, will Washington, <laughs> you guys have a great Dynamite review. Catch you guys later. Will, I mean, I've already told you this, or I've told everybody else this. Everyone check out the Tony Khan interview with Grab City. It was fantastic. Oh, uh, oh that's right. I interviewed Tony Khan this week. I yes. forgot about that. that. That was less than a week ago, Will. It was. That's right. I should have scooped everybody. I should have <laughs> scooped everybody and just announced it. Like I did the, the Swerve interview where I spoiled that one. I should have uh -huh. announced the Tony Khan interview. <laughs> when I got the heads up on that. Uh, but it was a great interview. I'm sure everybody has already seen it, but go watch it again. You know, what Check else it you out if you watch? haven't checked that out. There's some good information in that, and it was a good hour and a half conversation. It was very good. Bye, guys. Bye, everyone. Bye, Jay. And, yeah. So don't forget, folks, we got Super Chats. We got Humper Chats. YouTube.com slash Fightful is how you send us a Super Chat, and those help support what we do here. Please donate a Super Chat. Also, we've got Humper Chats as well, HumperChats.com. You can send those really at any time, and as long as you identify what show they're for, uh, we'll make sure we get to those because they all kind of go to one account, uh, so it's kind of hard to tell. Uh, but we got, let's see, we'll start with, oh, what came first? We'll go with Avery Solomon. Says, our locals were awesome last night. Uh, most are at the Roxy on January 8th. Hope you can make it. Also, the Elite getting booed was fantastic. I felt like it was mixed. I felt like it, it was, was a, mixed. yeah, was I felt mixed. like there was a, a strong, because for all the Seto Miedo chants, there was a follow-up, the Elite, Seto Miedo, the Elite. So, like, it, it was it was good Very stuff. Good yeah. yeah. Uh, Pablo, who I actually met at the event after the show, um, did send in a Humper chat, trying to get that one up on the screen, uh, says, uh, 
Great meeting you last night, Will. It took us a good two hours to get home due to the snow and a semi-truck semi -truck bus snafu on US 36. Enough time for me to process how fucking good that show was. Game six was probably my favorite match, but it's hard to choose. Thank you for the... Uh, thank you for the Humper Chat. I always appreciate those. Two uh, hours, huh? I wish I could have had that kind of commute. That would have been <laughs> nice. I spent two hours on goddamn 36 just on 36. Oh, man. You know, I... 11 minutes to my hotel. <laughs> you know what, Will? You know what, Will? Look, I think that... smell like bitch in here again, <laughs> Will. Look, I, I'm going to be honest. Like I said, it was... Uh, it turned out to be the right call. It wasn't even my intention to do that to avoid the weather. It was really just to, um, because we were like, ah, we don't want to drive all the way back home and then, then back. Uh, and this is a rare time that I had uh, friends and a family member in my city. And it was like, I want to make sure we get to see people and, and be out after the show. And so, uh, but that turned out to not be the case. Like I said, we ended up getting Wendy's and going back to the hotel. Uh, I ate a, uh, what did I do? The pub chicken sandwich is all right, I guess. Got that new cheese one? I mean, they all have cheese, I guess. Uh, it's, it's Wendy's. What, what doesn't have cheese? Some of us are lactose intolerant, Will, and don't eat cheese on our food sometimes, Will. Is that you? you think about that. Well, yeah, that's me. That's yeah, me. I mean, look, I, I, I haven't been eating cheese since I've been in weight loss mode. Um, and that is one of the things I cut out, but I'm like, look, I'm eating fucking Wendy's today, so I'm going to eat Wendy's. I'm going to give myself the full Wendy's experience, and if I uh, have some stomach problems through the rest of the day, that's the Wendy's experience. I'm, I'm just saying, I mean, if you, you can eat Wendy's if you want while you're losing weight. You just got to hate yourself when you're working out. Like, you got to yell at yourself and insult yourself while you're doing it. Like, man, you a bitch reading that Wendy's <laughs> while you're running. That's how that works, Will. Yes. The hate fuels you. By the way, um, you know, I, I've talked about uh, my weight loss experience and all of that and, and some of my inspirations. But um, honestly, the, uh, the biggest weight loss experience I had was uh, weight loss, not experience, inspiration I had, this guy right here, uh, Theron. Honestly, you, what are you down, like 50 pounds? Yeah, man, I was a, uh, I was a fat ass. That is the easy, and you know what? I'm, I am very body positive, folks. If you are happy with yourself, that is all that matters in this world is that you are happy with yourself. I was not happy with myself. I weighed... Um, I think 245 is what's on my driver's license from like a year, uh, two years ago or something like that. And I was very, very disappointed with the way I looked at my eating habits. And yeah, uh, I got, I'm, I'm a little up because obviously holidays, we talked about this last night, uh, but I was 245 at in March of 2021. And at my lowest in the last few months, I got down to 189. So uh, yeah, took a, took a bit, but yeah, and I'm proud of you, man. Screw, screw what I'm doing. I'm proud of you because that's the thing I know you told me how important it was to you to also kind of be on that journey and everything. And I'm super fucking proud of you for doing the work that you put in to get down to that because it ain't, it ain't easy. It is not easy at all. And uh, yeah, I am proud of you for your dedication and the work you put in for that, man. That's the way. That's the way. Black power. There you go. There you go. Yeah. My man. 
Kiola says, I was at the show last night. Best night ever. Billy Gunn, shout out my sign. Made my life, LOL. First non-WWE show I've been to since WCW or Nitro came, uh, or Thunder back in the springs in 2000. Last night was a banger. Yeah. Uh, oh, that's... yeah. Yeah, the guy who <laughs> said he went to WCW 2000, right? So, no, so that was Pablo who said that. That's somebody oh, else. Pablo, uh, okay. Yeah, so um, this is another person who uh, went to, so um, Nitro... The uh, so it was Nitro at the Pepsi Center in 2000, and then and that was the reboot show that was the Vince Russo Eric Bischoff show, which we talked about on the interview with Tony Khan. Uh, so if you haven't had a chance to check that out again, um, youtube.com slash fightful, the whole interview is there. Uh, and there was a thunder in the springs, uh, that followed that. Um, but also, we got a lot from WCW, uh, Spring Stampede was in Denver, um, and that saw ti- and then the nitro after like we got title changes there was a lot of stuff back then um you know i i've been to <sighs> all right i promised i would leave jinder mahal alone but i'll say this uh i i have managed to almost go to like every show that's hit denver whether it's wwe or anybody anybody who's done a major show here um, I even went to, yeah, I, I tried to hit all of them. The only one I ever skipped was there was a SmackDown in 2017 while Jinder was champion, and I just could not be bothered. I was like, no. <laughs> I literally had the opportunity. Baron used to get tickets to, to these shows, and he had the tickets, and I was like, I'm good. <laughs> I actually remember that. <laughs> I passed on going to SmackDown. Free. I had free, free tickets. <laughs> I passed on free tickets because Jinder Mahal was champion. And I was like, I can't do this. I can't. And you know what? I recently, the other day, I went back and watched that show. Because I was like, that's like one of the only shows I've ever like intentionally skipped. I remember there was one show when I was a kid. There was a SmackDown when I was a kid. It was the same week as a Raw. And I had to skip that SmackDown. I was in the eighth grade. Okay. And um, there was, I went to the Raw and I couldn't go to the SmackDown. Uh, and the main event of that SmackDown ended up being uh, Triple H in Austin, the two-man power trip versus Kai and Tai. And I remember thinking, I think I'm okay. <laughs> I think <laughs> I'm all right. Because uh, it was like they challenged like the toughest tag team out there. And then it ended up being Kai and Tai, and they like squashed them. Um, but I... That, that Those are the only two, but I recently went back and watched that SmackDown from 2017 just to be like, okay, what did I like really miss? I needed to see what I missed in person. And by the time it was over, and again, this is five years later, I still felt justified. I still felt like, uh, and I went and looked up the show on Cage Match as well. It's got like a one out of ten. Um, like it was definitely like a, a absolute awful show. And I... I, I just want to say, you know this. You know what I'm going to say now. I know. Too. I know you're a gender guy. Because I am a gender guy. Will, don't hinder <laughs> the gender, Will. That was legendary. My man, Jinder Mahal. Get in the world title, baby. Jinder Mahal all day. He going to make a comeback. I'm telling you right now. 2023 going to be the year of gender. 2023, year of gender. We're going to put those away now. All right. It will not be, by the way. That man just got squashed by Bray Wyatt in Madison Square Garden this past week. Uh, and 
This Look, that was... don't mean nothing right now. That don't mean nothing right now, okay? Talk to me when, Bra- when Bray's done something, all right? Talk to me when Bray's done I know. Well, that was the thing was, so the funny thing about, if you've seen the clip that's out there, so it's oh. Bray Wyatt versus Jinder Mahal. And, of course, people are excited about this because it's Bray Wyatt's, like, first match in almost two years. Yeah. But um, if you don't know the context, uh, Bray... <laughs> uh, I mean, if you don't know the context of this being Bray's first match and people just being excited to see Bray, when the clip starts, it's Jinder Mahal and Bray locking up in the crowd chanting, this is awesome. And so you may be under the impression here that, like, Bray and Jinder just had, like, an excellent barn burner of a match, five-star classic, and that's why. And it's like, no, they're just chanting because they're excited to see Bray. But honestly, if you're seeing this clip and thinking like, well, what did Bray Wyatt and Jinder Mahal just pull off? Um, so that that in itself is also very funny. Uh, we got another one. Ryan says, pleasure meeting you before the show, Will. Um, Denver got one hell of an event. Hope they come back ASAP. Paige Danielson was my match of the night. Um, you know, what's funny is, okay, AEW fans, we got to establish something here. Because for a moment there, when I saw Paige Danielson, I'm like, Hangman didn't wrestle Danielson. But you're talking about Ethan Page. Okay. From here on, Hangman gets Page when we shorten it. Ego. Ego. When we shorten uh, Ethan Page, it is shortened to Ego. If you say Ego and Danielson, I got you. But for a moment there, I'm like, Paige Danielson, that happened earlier this year. It's one of my matches of the year. Uh, But... That was a long-ass time ago. We, actually, we saw one just a few months ago as well um, in the, the tournament back in September. Oh, yeah, but right. uh, either way, got to shorten it to Ego. That, that, then I know what we're talking about. But unfortunately, with all of the, the pages uh, in AEW. Not enough pages, though. Not enough. Yes, yes, not enough. Uh, and also, let's see. So... Tom asks, Will, where's your mogul affiliates gear? You know what's funny? I was supposed to get one. uh, And that was a thing that he even said, it's in my bag. Don't worry about it. I'll get it for you before I leave. And then I spaced it. So uh, I don't think I'll see him again till March. So either way. uh, I mean, here's the thing. I do have tickets to um, Dynamite at the Forum. Uh, I just don't have a way to the form. Uh, if I could figure that out, I might be in LA, but uh, at the moment, that's not looking not like looking it's going good. to happen. Yeah, not looking at, like it's going to happen. But either way, uh, okay, so I guess the, the, the story I will tell, because you know what? Somebody tried to call me out, and you know who you are because you watch this stuff. Uh, but somebody was like, Will was way kinder on that uh, mogul affiliate segment than uh most uh than he would have been on most other things like he was like if this were wwe you would have buried this um yeah it's probably true uh look i i don't i i have i have never claimed impartiality on anything like i don't know where this impression comes from that i'm supposed to be impartial on shit uh but why would you uh, need to be <laughs> like I don't, I don't understand. I literally gave Swerve Wrestler of the Year in 2017, um, like before he signed with WWE. What are you talking about? This is, I have never claimed to be impartial on anything. I had him on the podcast as Killshot, and I was singing the, the praises back then. Like, 
What do you think this is? But anyway, I still didn't give the segment everything, right? Like, I recognize the problems with the segment. I learned some things about the segment this week. Um, and uh, But otherwise, that's not a... Uh, like, I I was fairly honest with about it. I thought I was. Um, that I think the, it ended strongly with the Cinderblog stump, or stomp, but that it, uh, I think missed the mark as far as connecting with the crowd and i thought that um you know some i think parker needed some work um but from what i've told or from what i'm told the work is in um i'll say this i watched the three of them do an interview with my dude graffiti this week here in denver um it was really swerve's interview but he had um grandin and parker behind him and staring at the three of them, I posted a picture of it while they were doing the interview. Um, graffiti, by the way, who designed the Grapsity logo, so shout out Graffiti. Um, but as I'm standing behind them watching this interview and uh, listening to everything Swerve is saying, and he posted some clips of it on his Instagram for people who haven't seen it. But uh, by the end of it, I was like, this, I get it. I see it. I see the vision of the two of them behind him standing silently but looking menacing reminds me of the twins from uh breaking bad and when i uh again with him talking his shit but having these like two big guys behind him uh i got it and like when you see rampage this week and you see the the face to face because the uh, wheeler and swerve was the main event uh, when you watch that, you'll kind of see the same thing of like, uh, okay, I kind of see the vision. These two standing silently and menacingly while he does the talking is going to work as his heaters. Um, did the segment connect? No. Um, but do I think it'll be fine? I do think it will be. See, it's funny, though, because like you you did discuss some of that with me like prior to the show and everything about like the stuff that you had learned about the segment and everything. I didn't have an issue with the segment and I don't have as close of a connection as Swerve, obviously as you would. And yeah, I get it. A lot of times the crowd has to be invested into it to have like way, way, way more of a connection to it itself. I honestly thought it worked fine. Like, yeah, I thought some of the Rick, Rick Ross stuff was a little bit jumbled, but I thought it got the point across that it needed to eventually that keep Lee and Swerve like feud is going to be fire at some point there. And I think I, I think that his mogul affiliates look fantastic. That is going to be like that beast tag team that you need. And yeah, they got some work to get done for sure. But Swerve sells the role so well with all the antics he's been subtly doing over the last six months or so. It fits perfectly. And I, like, let it build. Let it build. Like I, I said, like, like, I said let it go. But it, yeah. like I said, let it play out. And I, like I said, I think him having some silent muscle is going to be good for him. Like ultimately... Yeah. Um, because these are his heaters. I, again, the argument I keep seeing from people is, oh, why did he choose two nobodies? Who are these guys? You're not supposed to know who these guys are. Like, that's kind of the point here. This isn't supposed to be like a, a noteworthy tag team. This isn't supposed to be a, uh, guys that are, that he's a part of. These are two guys who work for him. These are his muscle. And like, that's all this is going to be. Or that and like they could grow into being more, but like at the moment, that's how you're supposed to see them. At least like, that's what swerve. I'm gathering from it. Yeah, let's, that, let's swerve build them up. They like that's yeah, the that, that's one of the points of it. Now. But but they are there to back him up more than anything else. And so I wouldn't have taken a team that necessarily mattered to back him up um, because I feel like when you look at the tag team landscape, unless you you sign a team, uh, I feel like they would kind of. 
you'd be doing them a disservice if you weren't taking somebody who's kind of relatively unknown in this regard. So I, I, I think it's the right call in that sense. Um, and then who knows? Uh, I'm think, looking forward to some of the stuff they might end up doing. I think that um, I feel like some of the seeds have been planted for swerving as guys versus Shane Taylor promotions and Keith Lee, right? Like, I feel like that's something that could be on the way. I don't know. Um, but just thinking about how Shane Taylor tweeted about how, Hey, they took out my guy. Like that just feels like something that's on the way. Um, and I feel like there's just places they can go with it. Uh, I am excited for, um, if you guys haven't seen the, the Yuta match, uh, and oh, you, yeah, yeah, it was, it was really good. It was a good main event for rampage. And then obviously Swerve will be working next week, um, in his hometown of Seattle, uh, and yeah, some other cool stuff came out of the show this week, uh, and travel kind of affected everything, right? That was, uh, kind of a big deal. Luckily, everything that got announced for Dynamite, um, pretty much got to happen as advertised, uh, but I know that there was some shuffling that had to be done with Rampage. The, uh, but otherwise, I think it all came about into being a, a solid show, and, um, yeah, there were some people I, I wanted to see that I ended up missing um, as far as – and some people who ended up getting, like, last-minute flights. So shout-out to those who did end up getting to be in town because all of the Christmas, post-Christmas cancellations, all of that stuff was just it a are. nightmare. Yeah. Yeah. But, again, it's a good time. It's a good place, good arena. Um, I- this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you had an extra hour in your day, what is the first thing that you would do? Read a book, take a nap, play some video games, do something for a friend, volunteer. A lot of us spend our lives wishing that we had more time. But the question is, time for what? And if it was unlimited, how would you go about using it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important for you and to make it a priority. And therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Therapy is so valuable. It's gotten me through some tough times, really helped me reflect on things that are important, specifically with BetterHelp. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be the convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. This is so beneficial when you've got that crammed schedule and you can't even imagine finding that extra hour. You can do it all from home. Fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com Fightful today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash Fightful. It's so flexible and it can help you find that social sweet spot with BetterHelp. That's BetterHelp.com slash Fightful. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, I like the First Bank Center. It's it's newer. Like, I think it was only built in 09, which I say newer, but the, then I say that out loud. I'm like, that's almost 
that's like 14 years ago. What am I talking about? Yeah. But but that's still newer relative to like the 20 year old. Uh, yeah, yeah, Pepsi or Ball Arena, which was built 21 years ago, um, or what? That opened in 2000, so 22 years ago. And uh, what others? You know, it's weird that in Power Field we keep hearing all these stories about how uh, how much of an upgrade it needs to be considered a modern stadium. But I'm like. In it's my brain, that's still newer to me because yeah. I'm used to Mile High Stadium where the Broncos played. And, like, no, it, it, and Vesco Field, Empower Field, Sports Authority Field, whatever it's been over the years, like, no, that's still newer to me. And I'm like, nope, that was built in 01. That's not newer. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, so I've just, I've been here a long time. So we're older. It's, it's I know. Older. It's like, it's yeah. just that I'm fucking old. And yeah. that's that's really what it is. I mean, I know Chicago folks kind of feel that same way. We're like, you know, the United Center is still kind of, you know, that was built in 94. But it's and it's the house that Jordan built. And it's like it's newer than Allstate Arena. It's newer than or Rosemont Horizon or however people know it if you were older there. But like, it's still not that new. Like no. a lot of those other arenas are much newer. Yeah. Uh, rag says Brian versus Nice next week. Um it better have an MJF Bryant segment which delivers, or else it'd be hella disappointing. Bryant shouldn't book the matches, TK should. I mean, ultimately, Tony Khan's the booker. Like, just because anybody suggests the match doesn't necessarily mean they booked it. Um, and yeah, I compared it on Twitter. I talked about how I looked at, what was that? Uh, that was Thanksgiving, the, the Thanksgiving show um, in. 2021 which was in chicago they always do that in chicago but it was cm punk's return to chicago and he had the match with qt marshall but the bigger story of that night was that cm punk had the confrontation with mjf in ring and this to me feels a lot like that i think tony nice is and granted i don't think qt marshall's a bad performer but i think when we're talking about the tier of performer um where they are on the card i think tony nice and QT Marshall are considered fairly similar. Um, I think Tony Nese is a phenomenal in-ring guy, and I think that he and Brian will probably have a, a banger of a match. Uh, but I get why people see him on that tier. But I kind of look at it the same way. Brian's headed into a situation with MJF. I think this, the heat around MJF and Brian's hometown is probably going to be bigger than uh, whatever Brian. I mean, than whatever Brian and Nese end up doing. Even though I think Brian and Nese are going to have. Uh, a bigger match. Um, a fantastic and, match, yeah. Yeah, so. Um, or at least to have a good match, that's what I mean. Uh, let's see. Loster Amil, um, I hope I said that right, uh, says, now that the Tony Khan interview is live, what is your biggest takeaway from the interview? Great interview, by the way. Uh, biggest takeaway? Um, I think it's that wrestling can still come together in the face of a lot of challenges um, because I think that, uh, you know, he was able to turn a lot of things around, right? When I asked, you know, the, my first opening question, and that was really the only thing I had written for the entire interview was that opening question. Everything else was just an on-the-fly conversation. But uh, I had asked about 2022 being one of the more challenging years and uh, the way that, you know, looking at it, it's like from an outside perspective, yeah, you can see 2022 was a more challenging year, right? Like there were lots of injuries. There were uh, a few departures and some moments that didn't work out as intended. But at the end of the day, 
Um, there's also some great shit this year. And so, uh, like, that was my big takeaway is that, you know, the way he was able to kind of spin things around and, and give us the, well, yeah, that didn't work out, but we ended up getting this as a result. I'm like, I ask about Cody and, you know, Cody leaving the company. And it's like, you know, that was unfortunate timing when the way that happened and when it happened. Uh, that ended up giving us, but it was in the midst of the build to Revolution, which was one of the best builds AEW's had um, in terms of building to a really, really strong card back in March. And I thought, okay, yeah, that is a, a good way to look at that. Uh, and so that ultimately ended up being my biggest takeaway from it. And then also my percentage change on uh, Mercedes Watch 2023. <laughs> Ah, but, um, so that was, I don't know. It's, it's, it's an interesting time. Uh, and I, my percentage, of course, as people know, I went from, it's no longer a nice percentage because my old percentage of 69 is no longer the case. Uh, we are now sitting at 90%. Why? I, I think you're wrong, Will. I think you're wrong. See, you think, you think that Mercedes is going to be Soraya's partner. You think that's where it's going to right now. I do, yes. You don't consider things, Will. You don't ever consider the logic and money. Because Tony Khan wants to make money, doesn't he? Isn't that the goal here? Mm hmm So if Tony Khan wants to make money in this huge, huge match... Huge, huge match that's coming up. And you got to think about partners. Who would make the most money as a partner? And remember, money is the key word, Will. It's not Mercedes. That's a dumb answer, Will. That's a dumb, dumb answer. And here's where we bring it back to the first because episode of Dynamite. when you Dynamite. think about money, Will, you got to think about here comes the money, Mr. Shane O'McMahon. Shane O'Mac. Baby, on that one million dollar bill, that you still have me. that. Hell yeah, I still got that Shadow Mac money. Will oh, actually, day. oh, no, day. I, I say that, but I do too. Mine's right here. It's actually framed on a wall, but I do have it. It's in my uh, for WrestleMania 32. I have a big WrestleMania 32 poster, and I did catch one of the Shano Mac dollars, which I will say. When that money fell from the ceiling, God, people, all the, I, you see all these people like diving for it, like, oh my God, there's money falling from the ceiling, and then they pick it up, and it's just like a Shane dollar, um, and <laughs> a Shane dollar is worth a copper nickel. I'll let you know that right now. Well, uh, hold on, the my cat is in the room. Uh, and I'm anyway, trying. what you can get the cat out there. Folks, but, you but, know what's happening. But no, I, I, what I was going to say, though, is at some point, I do believe that every Shane dollar will be worth 500 British pounds. <laughs> <laughs> that is the exchange rate that the Bank of England will implement after he kidnaps their queen. <laughs> I have to say, by the way, really quick, uh, where is it? Uh, it's somewhere around here. Oh, here it is. Who the hell bought me this for Christmas, by the way? This! What is that? Street Fighter. Ah, yes. Street Fighter or Blu-ray. <laughs> Not me. Not me. I have no idea. This just showed up at my house. And... <laughs> 
nobody has identified or claimed it. But for those who don't know what I was quoting there, that was obviously uh, a great quote from the great Raul Julia talking about the worth of the bison dollar. Uh, Street Fighter the movie. One of my favorite movies of all time. An all-time bad classic. Like, when you talk about movies that are, like, so bad they're great, Street Fighter the movie is truly it. I don't know who got me this for Christmas. I don't. But it has to be somebody that knows how much and how important this movie is to me. One up to the master role, Julia. What else could be? What else is even in this, by the way? This is a Blu-ray set. What's in this? How many discs? How many discs is it? Just one? It's like bonus features include. It's got new interviews. Okay, so it's got new interviews with Ming-Na Wen and Damian Chapa. Wow, okay. Is he, I wonder if he's going to be all gangster out in this one, too, because you know that's all he did after Street Fighters make a bunch of like ga- gangster movies now. So I wonder if he's going to be all thugged out in that. That's a good I one. don't know. This is, I, I have no idea. Again, um, there's a lot of features here. I'm pulling off the plastic now. This literally just came. Uh, I it, Look, it's steel book and everything. Like this is That's nice. This is a dope copy. Oh, Those my God, it comes. There we go. Bison dollars? Bison dollars. It comes yeah. with an actual bison dollar. <laughs> Shut up. Yes. Yes. That's what I'm talking about now. Uh, he knew. He knew the uh, value of money, folks. He knew the value of money. That's right. Mm. The Pax Bisonica. That was so beautiful. Good. Yeah. <laughs> it's such a great, stupid movie. Man, you know, I actually watched the first Adams Family for the first time in at least 25 years last week. And, mm-hmm. uh, well, good. Well, good. It's so interesting because as a kid, I totally get it, didn't get the whole subplot of Fester not actually being Fester and then researching that movie and finding out that that didn't actually become a thing until the close to the movie was done because Fester was still going to be an imposter that just decides that he's Fester as mm-hmm. opposed to actually it being, no, he really is long lost Uncle Fester. Because it's like something about this really does. There's nothing in the movie. To make that make sense at all, except for that last in like in credit scene. Or oh whatever. yeah, well, they're like, like he, thank God for that lightning. Got your memory yeah. back. Turns out you really are Fester. Apparently, that only got added because the cast decided that they wanted Uncle Fester to actually be long lost Fester. He was just going to be an imposter that decided to be Fester, which is crazy to me. Crazy. You know what though? Uh, so have you watched the new version with the um, the new Mamushka scene? No, I have not. Is yeah, it so the longer version of it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I've not so, seen that yet. Yeah, so it just came out this year. Um, and I can't believe that they held on to that for 30 years. There's a full musical number. Raul Julia, who is a famous theater actor, the thing he's most known for, has a full-on musical scene. Like, a lot of what we saw in the theatrical release that we eventually got VHS, all of that, a lot of what we heard from it is, like, reprises and callbacks to this entire musical Mamushka number that we never heard. Like, watching it in full, I watched it uh, just the other day, and I was shocked at how much there was here, and I'm like, you had a full musical number featuring Raul Julia that just sat there for 30 years and makes the whole scene make a lot more sense. Um, and you just cut it. I, I couldn't believe that. 
So if it's the version that they have on Netflix, then I have seen it because that's what I was watching it on last week uh-huh. was Netflix. But huh? I'm not sure because again, I haven't watched that movie since the '90s. I only watched Values, so I have no idea whether it was or not. Honestly, uh, Jay Ruff says, "Well, what did Ty Mello say to you and your fam walking down the ramp? Also, sending love and best of luck to you guys. Will uh, to, best of luck to my guys, Will and T, in the new year." Um, yes. She, she uh, basically healed them and then said, uh, and then told my daughter she's uh, beautiful though, and that, um, <laughs> and, and that was it. Uh, I will say you'll probably see during elevation the biggest one was Athena, who like legit like upset my son because he he fell for the oldest heel trick in the book, which was. Uh, Give a high five. Yeah, um, Athena comes out to the ring. She saw Billy. And she reaches out to him. She's like, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Closer, 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 closer. Ah, just kidding. And uh, he was had. And that was the first <laughs> <laughs> That was the first heel to do that to him. Multiple others did. And then he was like, uh, and he was like upset at the moment. And uh, so you'll, you'll probably catch that during Elevation. Um, one moment Y'all had you some won't. Great interactions for sure. Oh yeah, the one you yeah. won't see was uh, Max Caster. <laughs> that shit had uh, me dying. He he scissored both my kids, and then when he looked up and saw me, he's like, "Ah oh, shit!" And like, I'm taking my scissors back. <laughs> that was. That was good. It was good. As that, well. Yeah, that was good. Um, and so yeah, that was that was funny stuff. Uh, what else do we got here? Um, wait, really? Okay. <laughs> okay, I now know who the gift came from. Oh, let's hear it. Let's hear it. So, and the best way to reveal possible, because only wrestling fans will reveal it this way. Who else would, I mean, you know, okay. How would you think a wrestling fan would reveal sending you a gift like this? Gotta be the big man reveal. Yeah, that's exactly. It. <laughs> there is no other way to do that shit now. No other way. There. Yes, that's exactly it. I just got a gift that says, "It's me, Austin." <laughs> and uh, yes, thank you, Eric Brady, for the gift. I actually really appreciate that. Uh, ah, yeah, Eric Brady. Yeah. So that was that was very kind. I, that's that's very nice of of Eric. There's so cool people, man. I love that cat. Yeah, that's and cool. Eric, of course, for those not aware, he's my former co-host of uh, RBR Weekly Wrestling Talk back in the day, back before the mass exodus of 2021, when uh, I left. Oh no, it was Maxwell left first, then Eric left, and I left, and pretty much we left Paul to have to find three new co-hosts uh, in a very short amount of time. Uh, but he did so. Uh, props to Paul on that. Eric but... has actually been on my show a number of times, folks. So if you like hearing Mr. Eric Brady talk, we actually had a long-ass discussion about Scream 5 at the beginning of this year. So if you check my YouTube channel out, we have like four episodes discussing Scream 5. Very spoiler-filled if you haven't seen it yet, though. But uh, watch it before Scream 6 comes out in a couple months. Yeah. Are you looking forward to Scream 6? Of course you are. Yeah. Oh, hell, but, uh, of course. But... It's in New York, baby. It's in New York. <laughs> Yeah, who am, who am I asking? I'm sorry. I... Jason Takes Manhattan is right there. It's right there. It's the one. It's the one. Uh, we got uh, shout out Jennifer always 
uh, great supporter with the super chat says, uh, so happy to see T on throwing money for the final episode of the year. Banger show last night. Glad y'all got home safe. Thank you. Um, and what was I going to say? Oh, so we do have to talk about a big thing. Uh-oh. As Mikey Ruck has confirmed this week, it is officially the end of Light the Fuse, Bring the Boom, Dynamite. Let's go ignite. Elements collide in a flash of light. That song has lasted over three years. That song premiered, of course, October 2nd, 2019. Dynamite Live, Washington, D.C., Capital One Arena. First time we heard that song on TV. Cody had actually posted it beforehand, but uh, that was the first time we got to hear it on a wrestling show. And it has been a part of our weekly wrestling for the last three years. To put that into perspective, across the nation, Union Underground, famous Raw theme song from the Ruthless Aggression era, that song lasted four years. song lasted uh, a little over four years. It was... uh, it debuted April of 2002, and they changed it, I think, was it October of 2006? So it got almost four and a half years. It was a really long time, actually. Thorn in Your Eye, in its various iterations. The most famous iteration we got in 98, and that one lasted until the beginning of 02, so about four years of that one. Um, but the song overall, I think we got uh, almost like six years out of uh, five or six years. Uh, to be loved by uh, Papa Roach. Papa Roach. We got that song three years. Uh, what was another one? Um, What's the Nickelback burn it, one? Burn it to the ground, Nickelback. That was a good three years. And everything after that was just kind of like a didn't really matter. They like changed them out every year after that. But uh, even on the SmackDown side of things, um, we had. Uh, what was the one that they had in 2016? The come on and fight back. Um, start it over again. Take it right back. I know they say the name of the song there. Anyway, take a stand or take a chance. Take a chance was the name of that song. Uh, CFOs. That one lasted three years, right? The last one we just had with ACDC was three years. Three years is about the time, right? Like I feel like the most iconic themes in wrestling usually got about three years. Even thinking about the intro to Nitro um, that lasted from 95 till eh, it was like beginning of 99, right? So that got a good... Uh, they managed to get like three and a half years out of that one. Dynamite by No One Hero. They did get a good three years out of that theme. It's it's up there. It gets to stay. It gets its name. Or it gets its place amongst iconic themes. It's now. It's it's weird that AEW is is going to have its retro period. That now as next week we've got kind of a preview of the new graphics. We saw them on Rampage. Um, and we got the, uh, the new card graphics. Uh, Tony just posted one for Darby versus Joe. We also have the, uh, the card graphic for, um, yeah, what is it? Uh, Chris Jericho versus, uh, Ricky Starks. So like we've seen the graphics and all of that. We're just going to see it all come together with a new stage, all of that. It's interesting to think that. Now that first three years gets to be AEW's retro period where yeah. people are going to post those clips and be like, man, remember when they had this theme? Remember this classic? Remember this? Like, because uh, it's kind of wild to think about. Three years, when you're 35, three years feels like a nap. But when... Uh, yeah, that's forever. Yeah, but like, I do think about the difference between 
1998 WWE and 2001 WWE feels like two different companies, right? Like that is like a a, a massive shift in time. 90 day um, difference. Or even like 2002 to 05, like 2002 to 05, when you think about the difference between 02 uh was was a year of like hunter's domination 05 was the year of john cena like those feel like two completely different eras but that's three years and when i think about the fact that dynamite debuted october of 2019 and now we're going into its fourth year it's kind of wild to think that uh they have a retro period now (laughs) They have a period where people are going to look back and like I already still kind of see that. I see people post the original Dynamite intro and go, man, remember the good times? And I'm like, that feels like yesterday. What are you talking about? (laughs) But no, I know for if you for younger people, three years does feel a whole lot longer. Uh, But like I said, when you're in your 30s, it feels like a nap. Curious if uh, he uses all these new rap connections he has now to get somebody uh, somebody big to do a new theme song. Yeah, I actually haven't inquired about any of that. I actually wanted to be surprised. Uh, and so I, I haven't poked around on who the new theme is by, what it's going to sound like, what kind of flavor it's going for. None of it. Uh, and I'm curious to see what they end up doing. But there we are. It's It's been a few years of, of Light the Fuse and... That has been such a synonymous theme with Dynamite that it's it's gone. Yeah, yeah. End of an era. End of an era at the end of the year as well, too, which is a nice reset. I like that. I like the way that lines up, that it's literally the end of the year with the end of this and literally first episode of the new year. Everything's changed up at that point. I think that's a good way to do it than just the random way that it would happen in WWE a lot of times. I know sometimes they save it for their season premieres, but it just seems so random a lot of times. Uh, yeah, well, with SmackDown, it was re- like SmackDown, it was really random, right? Because like SmackDown yeah. changed up the graphics like a year ago, but they kept the song, and then they changed the song like two months ago, and yeah. it, it, it didn't. There wasn't any like uniformity with it. It wasn't like a the that kind of blank slate. Cause I remember the, those premieres where you got like all of those changes used to feel like really special. Where like, yep. oh shit, I'm seeing a brand new raw. I'm getting new graphics, new set, new all of this. I remember that first time that they debuted the Ruthless Aggression set. I, uh, I remember this feeling of like, damn, that era is over. The era, the attitude, era. like I remember feeling in that moment, like the attitude era had just ended because, yeah. uh, the set I knew, the song I knew, like the show was actually jarring for a good hour <laughs> before I could even like even mentally adjust to seeing the set, hearing this song, any of it making any sense to me. And yeah, they're a little more casual with it now. Like Raw did that too, where Raw made a slight change to the graphics. They changed the song, but it, nothing, it hasn't been like a big overhaul in a while. Yeah. Whereas like, I will new set say- new everything at once. I, I will say, if TK really wants to get the biggest acquisition, if he's still not done taking away from other businesses, which is a good thing. I'm not a complainer about that, but at least Betty gets good acquisitions in. But you know what will be a really, really good acquisition that is not Shane O'Mac, not me pulling it back to Shane McMahon again here? It would be fantastic if he took WWE's favorite favorite band. band. I knew you were going to say that too. I was I'm like, he's going to say Limp Biscuit, but how is he going to get to Limp Biscuit? <laughs> Um, there it is. But, but WWE's in. favorite band in the whole world 
Limp Biscuit. That's right. We need some Fred Durst in this year coming up, baby. It's time to roll it back. If the Woodstock documentary didn't get you back in the mood for more Fred Durst, it's time for more Fred Durst, baby. Bring it back. Let's go. It's time to roll again. You ready to roll in 2023? Let's roll in 2023. Let's go. Matthew Makovsky says, hey, well, let's talk. Hashtag Mercedes Watch 2023. Hype to AF. Of course, I mentioned that earlier. Um, I still do believe she's the partner. Um, like I said, I'm like 90% certain she is. Um, there's a few kind of tells that I would um, – because uh, I guess going back to the Shane McMahon thing and, and why I believe it's it's uh, uh, Mercedes. I forgot that's how we got on the topic, by the way. But why I believe it's Mercedes. Uh, let's go. I believe that one Tony Khan is very online, extremely online. He's more aware of the things wrestling fans are into and talking about than anything. He is fully aware of this rumor. Uh, this is one of those things that I, I obviously am speculating, but I'm speculating he is fully aware of this rumor. He's fully aware of why we asked about it last week. Let's say I'm correct here. If that were the case and I were a promoter, I would have done everything in my power if I knew what fans were expecting and uh, what they're looking forward to. And if I knew as a guy that I kind of, that I like to pride myself on being the type of guy who kind of gives his fan base, what they want, what they're looking for. You know, Tony says all the time, I'm not in the business of disappointing fans. Um, I would level expectations very quickly. And knowing that, given the opportunity, he didn't, um, that was where my percentage shot up. I'm also thinking about some of the the behind-the-scenes stuff. WWE has a way of managing expectations on certain things. And Tony does too. Maybe not Tony specifically, but AEW as a whole. And what I mean by that is uh, the... Obviously, there's a lot of wrestling media out there. I'm one of them. Um, A lot of times when a rumor starts to persist, WWE will reach out in ways and go, hey, it's not that thing people are thinking. Like, it's not. Just trust us, it's not. And that's kind of a way to like shut things down, level expectations out, so that way, when it comes time for whatever people are expecting, WWE can back off and go, hey, we never said it was that. And behind the scenes, we made sure to get to wrestling media outlets that it's not this, stop thinking it's this. Uh, And again, AEW has that same ability. And in this case, if it wasn't, probably would have leveled some expectations by now. Um, Because, good example, The Rock at WrestleMania this year. A large reason that a lot of people are thinking it's happening this year is because by now, somebody would have shut it down. Because the rumor is way too strong at this point, and nobody is... Now, that said, there is a little bit coming out right now that's like, well, it's not 100%. Um, like, we're working on it, and we're still trying to make sure that, like, our, our T's are crossed and our I's are dotted. But um, it's not raised. 100% right now. Eyes are raised, Well, Eyebrows are raised, not not not, not crossed. That's, it's rock humor. Keep going. Keep going. Yes. Uh, the, 
Thank you. Yeah, but either way, that is one of those things where, with this being the biggest event, possibly biggest WrestleMania ever, they knew right now we don't have the rock in any capacity, and this is, and like we're just doing Roman Reigns versus like Drew McIntyre three. Like at that point, now you are in the like complete carny business of fucking people over. But I know they know that at this stage. A lot of people are buying tickets with the expectation of The Rock, and uh, they haven't done anything to shut it down, which is leading me to believe that at least at this juncture, they expect The Rock. I don't think it's confirmed. I don't think that they have everything in place for The Rock yet, but I think that they know at least at this stage he's part of their plans. That could change um, because Rock talked about how as early as... January of 2018, he was like penciled in to be Ronda Rousey's partner against Triple H and Stephanie at that WrestleMania before it became Kurt Angle. Uh, And that, you know, that didn't happen at that WrestleMania. And we're in December right now. So, again, stuff can change. But that match was supposed to be, that was supposed to be the follow up to WrestleMania 31 with. Rock and Ronda Rousey and Triple H and Stephanie. They were going to do the match at WrestleMania 33. Rock and Ronda Rousey versus Triple H and Stephanie. Rock thought, uh, there was a lot of people who thought as early as the Rumble, it was still going to be the Rock. So just know, at this juncture, stuff could change. As far as Mercedes watch, I think next week will be a really big tell. Because by the time it happens... Uh, so by this point next week, we should have a lot of signs on everything because by this point next week, Wrestle Kingdom will have already happened night one and which Sasha's expected to be at and Dynamite will have ended. I think and Dynamite is occurring after Wrestle Kingdom. So therefore, uh, again, it is a case of Do we, um, we should know a lot. I feel like the hints should be in place by that point is, is my theory. Next week, I expect to be at like 99%. Yeah, they'll be facing off and, you know, Soraya's going to make a comment at the end of it there. But like, you have no idea who my partner is going to be. But I'll tell you one thing, here comes the money. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> you shut the fuck up. <laughs> Cut theme song. No, she needs to say, here comes the Monet. Hey, hey, baby, that still gives me 50-50 at that point there. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Yeah. Um, Caden says, it's weird, or it was weird not going to a Dynamite. Um, Oh, yeah, because Caden's been to a lot of Dynamites recently. You were at pretty much all those Texas Dynamites, weren't you? Uh, And all of a sudden, they... I mean, I, I was surprised that they did a month of Texas Dynamites, except for the final one, and then they went to Denver. Uh, but, again, I'm not complaining. I was there. Orion Ben says, make new AEW theme like the Tekken 5 cinematic open. That's a great open. That's pretty dope. Oh That'd be pretty dope. Got a new member. Thank you. Adelia Chamberlain. Appreciate that. Uh, so... Throw a quick theory out to go back on what you were just saying just a little bit ago about The Rock. Would it be crazy... 
to think that with all the crazy Snyderverse fans that we had in DC, that a contingent of wrestling fans made sure that Black Adam would bomb just no. so DJ could be free to work Mania this year coming up. Because let's be real, if Black Adam was like a hit, they'd be working on number two like that quick. Like we all would be in the books there. And I've seen it. I've seen the movie. I'm just saying, you know, are we crazy to not think that there could What be do you think conspiracy? of the movie, by the way? I got 50% through it and then was like, I have to watch this another day. I, uh, well, well, I'll say this. It certainly was a movie starring The Rock. <laughs> that is. Look, I'm halfway through it, it and all I can think is, what a fucking body count this movie has. I was not oh, expecting that. <laughs> I'm just like, why are all these people just like dying? Um, and almost I... with, almost with, like, I, I, do you remember that, that, uh, you remember the Austin Powers bit, uh, the deleted scene from Austin Powers, where uh, Austin takes out those agents, and then they cut to their homes, and the family's like having to be delivered this news about how one of Doctor Evil's agents being killed, and they're like, "No, not Dad!" And then, um, and it's it's so every time now that scene has always reminded me. I always think about that whenever like a random goon just like gets killed, and I'm like, didn't that guy have a family like? And he literally just disintegrated. Like, literally, Black Adam just, like, blasted him into dust. Look, well, here's what I'll say. You know me. I am the guy that still enjoys the first Suicide Squad movie. And I hate Man of Steel. So my opinion when it comes to DC movies should absolutely be taken with a grain of salt. Because I have no common sense. I love Zack Snyder's Justice League. Don't trust what I have to say. But I say all that to say that Black Adam was very average. I don't think it was a bad movie. I don't think mm -hmm. it was a bad movie. I actually don't think that most DC movies, barring Man of Steel, are bad movies. I think they're fairly mediocre. Mediocre is not good. It's not bad. They're just there. They're not movies that I will probably typically rewatch unless we're talking about The Suicide Squad. Um, but they're very... Matt and Black Adam was very bad. It wasn't bad. I I was interested enough to see a, where a lot of these characters would go if there was a follow up in it for sure. But I'm certainly not going to be upset not seeing where it goes. I think that DJ being uh being so against appearing in Shazam and doing anything Shazam related, honestly, I feel that is a part of the downfall. People can say whatever the hell they want to about it now, and the Rock is going to change the power structure of the DC and all that bullshit there. I think as a comic book fan and knowing how intertwined Black Adam and Captain Marvel are, I think it was a dumb idea for him to be so dead dead set against those two appearing together. I get it. You want to be the big guy in DC. You want Black Adam to be this big force there. Cool. Go do your go do your work first. Go do your work first against Captain Marvel, against Shazam. Let that play out and then move on to Superman. You can beat his ass for all we care. Just, just do the work first. I think that hurt. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Straight up. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I agree with that, especially just in the sense that uh, Shazam's existence plays such a big part in Black Adam as a movie. Really does. <laughs> like. Really does. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, either way, talking about Dynamite last night. Uh, so again, being in the building. It was really exciting, um, and it's always exciting. But uh, 
there was just something in the air. I think a lot of people who hadn't been to shows uh, recently, especially if you know you're an AEW fan and you haven't gotten an AEW event in almost three years, uh, there there's a definitely a feeling in the air. Um, hell, I have a compare. I have a comparison I can can put that up against. Uh, WWE went four years between running events in Denver. Um, for some reason, we just get skipped over. They weren't supposed to. But um, you'll recall we had a Raw in 2008, and then we were supposed to get a Raw in 2009, and then the big Denver debacle happened where they accidentally booked the Pepsi Center on a night where... The, where Denver would have played if they were in the Western Conference Finals. And surprise, they were in the Western Conference Finals. Uh, so Raw ended up getting the boot from the Pepsi Center. They ended up playing, uh, doing Raw at Staples Center instead. And then they did a whole match basically burying the Nuggets. And then the Nuggets ended up losing anyway, 2009. And Denver didn't, or WWE did not return to Denver until 2012 after that. So uh, my point is that that's kind of a thing Denver's used to. But you could just feel it in the air. All these people were just excited uh, to have WWE or AEW in their vicinity again. John Moxley gave a really impassioned speech. One of the things he said in the speech that was really cool was he said, you know, some may recall who were here that I won the AEW world title at Revolution. And then I came out at this show uh, at March 4th, 2020, came out as champion for the first time in front of this crowd. He was like, and then I went home and found out that the world was shutting down. And uh, he then kind of gave a big one to that crowd where he said that, you know, we've been a lot of places since we've been back on the road. Um, We've been to Arthur Ashe. We've been to um, United Center, all of these big buildings. And he said, but it didn't feel like uh, we were truly back until I could hit this arena again because it was – it was the last one that he had gotten to be at before the pandemic. And I was like, that was a great way to send that crowd home. Um, (laughs) That was a great thing. Uh, But the show started out with Brian Danielson versus uh, all ego, Ethan page Um, crowd is always into Danielson uh, and pretty much everything Danielson did got his patented yeses, even though he doesn't do it. (laughs) Um, and that was, a, as he's talked about, a promise he made to Bruce Pritchard that he would not take the yes chant to uh, the yes movement to AEW. But at the same time, you can't stop the fans from doing it. And nope. you'll never be able to stop the fans. And uh, the crowd was really into this. Stokely Hathaway, I think, still has some of the best facials of any manager ever, especially when you just watch him at ringside and he just is so poised uh, with everything he does. So great. Uh, MJF, of course, was in the skybox. Um, he had who he called the the only hot woman in Colorado. <laughs> Which multiple people pointed out. There's no way. There's no way. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Look, Sierra lives here, man. Like, what are you talking about? Um, I don't know for how much longer, but Sierra lives here, so. <laughs> There's uh, no way it's true. Oh, fantastic match, though. Absolutely fantastic yeah. match to an ego and Adam Danielson though um yeah man I want I want big things for ego and I know it's like it's a case of everybody's got to get their turn at some point you got to build up certain people it's MJF's turn right now but uh there was even even and I, and I know they've had like a couple exchanges if, I, if I'm correct but there was even an exchange at one point between ego yelling up to MJF up in the skybox 
as man, man, I want big things uh, for Ego. Not just because uh, he has awesome theme music, but. Uh, I thought one of the things that they did smarter this time than they forgot to do at Arthur Ashe was they turned the lights out on MJF when he wasn't on camera, which. Um, you know, the problem when he did the, the skybox thing in Arthur Ashe was that the crowd kept chanting at MJF. They kept looking at MJF. They kept reacting to MJF and not paying the match itself enough attention. This time, it was basically if MJF wasn't on camera, they turned the lights out on him and kept the attention on Brian and Ego. I thought that was a much smarter way to play that. Um, but ultimately, Brian wins. Um and he won with a regal stretch. That was a uh, a great little reference to his mentor. That, that was a great advancement of the story. Because even though we wrestling fans are all aware that Regal has gone off to become VP in WWE, um, storyline-wise, MJF murdered him. And uh, Brian is still mourning that loss. And so <laughs> Brian playing tribute or paying tribute to his mentor all of that he's still upset about what happened to william regal that's still the story here we're still having to acknowledge that it's going to be weird considering like regal can officially sign with wwe in literally just over 48 hours and so uh it's going to be weird next week as brian like finally confronts mjf about all of this and uh, he's talking about his mentor who's now officially in the other company, but I get it. And like I said, I think that's why I think that the visual non-compete is so important because I get why Tony wanted that, you know, if he's going to write this guy off of his screen, if he's going to write this guy off of his TV, but keep his faction going, no, this guy can't appear in the other company. That doesn't no. make any sense because my TV, my TV is still reeling from that. No, you can't appear on TV. Like, and the fact is, like Regal signed it. Like at the end of the day, he understands. Like that's not what he went over there for. He didn't go over there to be an on-screen character. He went over there to do some some signings. Uh, but but in a year's time, when that uh, visual non-compete is up there, don't be surprised when you see the NXT general manager Bill Regal show up after that because <laughs> Bill Regal. <laughs> No, that's uh, that's that's Impact. What's Bill Regal doing here in the Impact Zone? Mike yourself a prick. Uh, let's see. <laughs> Same way uh, they did. Uh, what's his name? Ezekiel and his brother now, or cousin. Same thing. Yeah. Bill Regal, he's back, baby. Let's go. The Pro Wrestling Podcast. He says, "Don't discredit the Rock Theory." I mean, <laughs> I'm saying Snyderverse fans are fucking insane. They are insane. Also says Black Adam needed more CGI upper lip like Henry Cavill. Cavill, 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 Cavill. I don't know. Regal, Regal, Regal. Regal. It's like Regal. me and Jeremy Lambert. Um, and uh, let's see, the Yankee Power says Black Adam did change the hierarchy of the DC, but not with the Rock. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's true. I guess that's true. Yes. Um, so, whew. uh, what, what, what else happened on the show? So yeah, that was, that was a good match. Uh, and yeah, like I said, Brian tapped out, um, page to, or say, I just did it, uh, tapped out ego, ego. to the, to the real stretch. Um, and, uh, we heard from hangman page backstage. They told him he'd be clear in two weeks, which means just in time 
for the Kia Forum. That show's already shaping up to be a big one. Going to be one. Because um, we already know match seven of the best of seven series is happening there. Um, we've got the tag match, the women's tag, and then we've also got uh, Moxley and Hangman, which you'll find out more about on Rampage. I'm not going to spoil it, but uh, there's there's some confirmation there's developments. there. Developments. Yeah, there's about there's actually a lot of developments on Rampage. Talking about the fact, and of course. Staying uh, away from some spoilers here. But what I'm going to say is that uh, talking about the fact that a lot of Rampage um, had to be uh, kind of reworked because of uh, weather and travel and all of that. There's some great developments on Rampage this week that, uh, that really advanced some stuff. I thought when you see the outcome of... Uh, and they're asking the chat, did Jamie appear live on Rampage? She did not, um, pre-taped. But the, uh, so it's announced on the show, Orange Cassidy is going to face um, Trent. Trent. And actually, the logic of how they got there, of uh, Kip Sabian saying, I eliminated you, Orange Cassidy, in the Battle Royal last week, so I deserve a shot at the All-Atlantic title. And uh, And Trent going, Trent's like, but I eliminated you, so... By that logic, yeah. I deserve a shot. And he goes, okay, yeah, Trent, Trent versus Orange Cassidy. And it was like, okay, that actually makes perfect sense. Um, the outcome of that match, I think, is really fascinating. Um, it's almost a moment. And uh, I think is going to have people talking tomorrow. Yes. Um, it's it, it, There's there's a visual there. I took a picture that uh, I'm going to post when it actually airs. So that was good stuff. Um, there's... Storyline advancement in uh, Kira Hogan versus uh, Jade Cargill. Jade. Yep. There's there's lots of storyline advancement there, um, and of course, just watch the show. Uh, there's there's stuff that moved forward. There's big stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, we also saw the setup there with uh, Wardlow getting his knee knee knocked out there by oh, Joe. Yeah, yeah. So Wardlow got his knee taken out, and. Uh, that was weird. Uh, it, it was, you know, obviously to set up the the match for the rest of the show. But we saw John Moxley and Claudio Castagnoli versus Top Flight. Lots of dueling chance of let's go Top Flight BCC. Um, and I like really wanted that chant going, and <laughs> I was literally about that. to nudge you because I wanted that dueling chant going. And luckily somebody started chanting "Let's go Top Flight." And as soon as I hear that, I just yell BCC. And uh, kept going. And, and they did it, I did it one time, and then some other started chain. Let's go top flight, and all of a sudden I hear BCC uh, get louder and louder. Next thing you know, back and forth, it's let's go top flight BCC. Thought, yeah, that's how you do it. And what a, what a good match, what a good showing from uh, from top flight, a uh, top flight for sure as well too. I love anytime Moxley has gotten to work with uh, work with the Martins, and it great match, great match showcasing showcasing the two of them against a very much a top team. And I also love the fact that they're putting more importance on showing the BCC together, just because it'd be so easy just to write that faction off now that Regal uh, Regal is gone. And I like the fact that they're trying to make sure to push that cohesiveness of uh, of the BCC together still. Great match. Um, and folks are real. Oh, man, that swing. That swing was over huge 
in Denver yeah. for sure. Now with uh with uh Dante jumping over Darius, right? Yes. When, yeah. No, yeah, so because originally it was supposed to be Dante getting swung, and then yeah. uh yeah he ends up stopping the swing and he ends up swinging Darius. It was yeah great stuff. Um, this crowd wasn't as into the Ocho thing as a lot of the Texas crowds have been because I was, I think a lot of people were expecting it. Like every time there was a count, I'm like, here it comes Ocho. And then like, I think it happened once. Uh, but for the most part, wasn't there. Um, and, uh, let's see, we got, but no, it was a great match. I agree with that match. And I, I mean, I agree with you on that match. I think it was a great showcase. I, I think Top Flight looked better in defeat for it because ultimately these are two top guys in Claudio and John Moxley. But um, yeah, the way Top Flight got to come out on uh, come out looking good in victory was was actually really good. Um, yeah. I even enjoyed uh, Darius going completely limp and uh, almost kind of like baiting uh, Claudio there. I thought that was great. This was a really great match. By the end of it, I was like, okay, we're two This Is Awesome chants into the show, and we're two matches into the show. Uh, What else could they throw at us? Uh, Hook had a squash, but uh, really what people were looking forward to was um, basically... Yeah, yeah, so Big Bill, uh, basically the firm comes out. They uh, go after Hook. Jack Perry runs down. He takes out Lee Moriarty, and uh, his pyro still hits while he's running down. I was almost worried about the timing on that. Yeah. Uh, but that was actually the only mid-show pyro we got, so I was actually kind of happy with that. Nobody else's entrance had pyro. Um, Can I say on Hook, because I called it during the show as well, too, Have folk, do folks not watch the 1992 classic Hook enough? Because why have we still not gotten the chance of Hook, Hook, where's the Hook? Why is that not a thing yet that has happened? I need y'all to remedy that at some shows at this point. Hook, Hook, where's the Hook? All right? That's what I need happening because nobody has apparently seen Hook. And y'all are missing out on the cinematic masterpiece there, right? Look, there's a lot of chance I've wanted to get over, and they just haven't. For example... There's also not enough fans, speaking of Tony Khan, when he makes his way to the stage, there are not enough fans of the 1999 classic. Was that 99? I think it was. 1999 classic Donkey Kong 64, in which we had the opening DK rap that had DK. Donkey Kong. Uh, DK. Donkey Kong is here. How have we not gotten TK? Hey, Tony Khan. Hey, TK, how has that not happened yet? Britt Baker has admitted Donkey Kong 64 is her favorite game of all time, and yet nobody has gotten the TK chant over. I, I feel like that's the one. Look, Will, blame Donkey Konga 2, all right? We still haven't recovered <laughs> from Donkey Konga 2, so that's why it hasn't happened yet, sir. Yes. <laughs> If you don't know the DK rap, uh, you have to look up the DK rap at some point in your life because uh, it's definitely something. Um, and and yes, Tim Gordon, I know American crowds are too uncoordinated. I tried to get a big, meaty men slapping meat chant going. Nobody would catch on to that one. I got like three people to do it. Uh, but uh, anyway, we have... The backstage of Jericho talking about uh, Ricky Starks. Oh, yeah, he talked about Starks, yeah. And then also um, 
Swerve brought in the, the Mogul Affiliates and uh, was challenged by Wheeler Yuta. Again, that's the main event for Rampage this week. Uh, Elite versus Death Triangle. Uh, okay, let's talk. Because this is a match I've been looking forward to since I was literally sitting in my seat at full gear. And uh, I see the match graphic come up and it says Denver, Colorado. And I was like, oh, what are you going to do for match six? Does this even go to match six? Of course it goes to match six. Uh, But then they announced the stipulations. And last week, of course, was no disqualifications. This week was Falls Count Anywhere, the, uh, the Jerry Lynn special. They even showed us a recap of times where... They've had, yeah, they've had the Falls Count Anywhere match, and it has, uh, they showed us the the, the Lasex Gods versus Matt Hardy and Kenny Omega match from, uh, that was a really important Dynamite. That was the first Dynamite back at Daly's Place after uh, being, like, completely on lockdown. Um, And they did the the Butcher and the Blade versus... um, uh, Young Bucks, that was also False Count Anywhere. And also, what was the other one? Uh, Full Gear last year, it was the Elite, or the Super Click, Super Click versus uh, Jurassic Express and Christian Cage. So either way, we've seen the False Count Anywhere stipulation. We know these can be wild as hell. Uh, once I saw they weren't setting up the pyro, I was like, this is going to start backstage. <laughs> and my son, sure did. Billy was so disappointed because he's like, that kid literally listens to Carry On by or Carry On Wayward Son by Kansas, which is really odd for an eight-year-old to be listening to. But because uh, he'll like throw the song on and then do the Kenny pose, and then right when it says "Don't you cry no more," he'll do the Kenny bang. Um, is he still too young for South Park right now? Would you say? Yes, <laughs> this is an eight-year-old. Look, well, we all watch crazy things. I'm just saying, one day, show him the South Park Guitar Hero episode there. He'll, he'll get a second kick out of it at that point. That's yeah. all I'm saying. But yeah, he listens to that song on the regular, and he was so looking forward to the entrance. And when I kind of like nudged him, like, Billy, I think the match is starting backstage, like, because no one set up any pyro. I don't think they're coming out here. And sure enough, match did begin backstage uh, and fully live form. They just they went for it backstage it made its way out to the arena uh and once it got out in the arena my god this was a hoot and honestly if the show ended here would have been one of the best shows i've attended in denver um by the way we're getting a couple more uh super chats just want to read these really quick uh going back a few minutes uh we got Mar- uh, Marco Dominguez says, late to the party, but it'll be good to see the return of NXT general manager Omega Regal. Uh, happy holidays, dude. <laughs> the Regal is going to catch on. It's going to catch on. <laughs> uh, OrionBid666 says, BCC versus Top Flight, a rivalry I never saw coming. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Jason PS3 says, uh, think about it. Captain Hook and Peter Pan's real name is Jack. Hook, Hook, where's the Hook? Uh, Orion Ben says, wifey w- uh, was blood free. It's a Christmas miracle. I mean, yeah, like, because there was no, I, th- I thought this was going to be a bloodier affair, but no, this was excellent. I think uh, just everything about this was like the crowd was off the charts for it. Um, Dasha had actually kind of surveyed the fans beforehand. Uh, she asked, how many are here for Death Triangle? And there's a big, 
uh, cheer. And then you're like, how many are there for the elite? There's big cheers for the elite. And then there's a Seto Miedo, the elite, Seto Miedo, the elite. Like that was all happening. Uh, and people were just having a blast with it. And uh, I appreciated that the, the, like the spots that they did set up um, didn't really like, it, it didn't like invalidate any of like their previous matches, like any of like the table spots or whatever weren't as in, let's pull out tables and do table spots. They were already like set up and everything. There was nothing with ladders at all. Like everything I thought was very well paced throughout yeah. this match. And I thought the, the crowd chanting, we want tables. I'm like, you just saw a table spot backstage. What are you talking about? Literally. Uh, literally. <laughs> yeah. You literally just got one. But uh, no, I, this was, I don't know what wasn't shown to the crowd, obviously. I mean, to the home audience, but this just felt like it never stopped. And uh, I thought the exchanges between, um, there, there's that exchange in the ring where uh, I know it ended with Kenny and Pac, but just the way it was all going back and back and forth was so great. Uh, they set us up with a believable near fall because I was baited. I was baited in thinking about the fact, as I pointed out, day after Dynamite, I pointed out that uh, obviously Kenny's been pinned, Matt's been pinned, Nick had tapped out, Pack had been pinned, Ray Phoenix had been pinned. So all that's left to pin is uh, Pinta. Yeah. And they had a near fall where we thought that was it, and Pinta wasn't pinned. The oh. Ray Phoenix actually got pinned. Took the loss uh, <laughs> yeah. So that was that was an interesting twist because I think they knew that. I think they knew when they hit that um, the Meltzer driver onto Penta on the outside. I think it, they wanted people under the impression this is it. I also I liked again the story throughout the match, uh, the and the story you ended it on, which was that Pack was about to have it won in the ring. But we kind of forgot that Phoenix Ray Phoenix and Kenny Omega had gone and brawled off into the crowd. And Ray Phoenix ends up taking the one-winged angel and getting pinned off to the side. One, two, three. Because we're, we're leading to that split, right? We're leading to that death triangle split. Is that is that the story we're going into, honestly? I mean, it would be fitting because... He was against, he's been against most of the stuff. At first, he was against most of that stuff. Darren Reynolds, do you recall the arena in which Death Triangle was officially declared Death Triangle? I sure do, Will. It was Miami, Florida, and it was the... No, wait. No. That's not right. It was uh, Denver, Colorado. It was. No, so, it was Broomfield. At Broomfield, Colorado, Colorado, yes. First Bay Arena. Uh, but fitting place to kind of to reach that stage for them, isn't it? Uh, and But either way, well, we still have one more match. We have the ladder match. Uh, which is going to be insanity come January oh, 11th. That should be a good showing. That should be a really, really good showing because I feel like they've reserved some of the, like, maybe not their their, their most well-known spots, but I feel that there are going to be some insane spots that we haven't seen yet. Because I know some people are, like have said online they've been very bored with this. They don't think that this is a series that can go seven matches. I've been entertained. I have been entertained by the six matches thus far. And I still think there is some craziness that they can absolutely bring out here in match seven for this ladder match, honestly. Because... We're going to see a bunch of them. We're going to see a bunch of these ladders. And I'm looking forward to any spot that involves three ladders in that ring. I think there's going to be some ladder walking for sure going on. Uh, I think it's going to be a great match. That's going to be a fantastic match. I agree. I, I think it's going to be 
I think it's going to be a, a barn burner of a match. I think that because um, yeah, I have fully disagreed with the statement that uh, these matches have been the same because they haven't been. They haven't. Uh, they, they, well, because one of the things they've been smart about is either reserve spots for when we can truly do them when they matter, or yep. do them in a way where they're callbacks to when they've happened previously, but to make sure that we're not just overlapping the same match. And they haven't been the same match at all. They've all been very different, especially match four. Match four had Nick taken out, and uh, it was really a handicap match until Nick came back. It's been very different. I, uh, I've i loved this series. I didn't think I was going to love it as much as I have, uh, but because I, I wasn't sure if they could keep it up for seven. This is going to be amazing. And by match 11, I'm or match 11, uh, January 11th is what I meant. This is not an 11 match series. Uh, I think, I, I just think it's going to be great. Uh, let's see. Caden asked T, when we go into IHOP again? It's a trick question. We're not going back to IHOP. We're going to Waffle House and uh, we will get that worked out for maybe Revolution. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, nice. Waffle House in California, do they? I mean, they better. Because, uh, I mean, we got to go to Waffle House in Texas for Dallas. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, they don't have Waffle House in California. I see that now. Waffle House currently has no locations on the West Coast at all, which is weird because we have Waffle House here in Denver. Um, really? Yeah. Yeah, and so... Hmm. We're going to Roscoe's then? Let's do Roscoe's. Roscoe's. Okay. I would love to do Roscoe's. Let's do Roscoe's. Uh, yeah, I when's the last it. time I had Roscoe's? That would have been 20... Uh, when would that have been? It was one of my California vacations. 2018. I think it was 2018 uh, when we went on the cruise out of Long Beach. That was that would have been it. So, we are not going to In-N-Out. We are not doing No, look, In-N-Out. here's the thing. We have In-N-Out here in Denver, um, and it's wrapped... Or, uh, I... We... <laughs> <laughs> on Thursday, uh, what was it? On Tuesday night, me and Swerve were looking for food, and we ended up getting Qdoba. But um, we passed by In and Out, and uh, it's the one near the mall. The line wrapped around it. Still, it's been open for two years. I don't understand this. And it's not good. It's not <laughs> good. The hell is wrong with everybody now? <laughs> Jesus. I don't mind In and Out. I'm definitely more of a Whataburger guy. I do think Whataburger is better than In and Out. And I'm from Los Angeles, guys. Like this isn't one of those things where it's like, oh, it's a regional thing. I lived no. in Cali for three years as well, y'all. It nah, nah. In and Out sucks. It's terrible. Try. I don't think it sucks, but it I does. think it's but like it unremarkable fast food. I'd eat at Burger King before I eat at In and Out. Well, take that. Maybe I'm just not food picky because there's very few places I like hate. Like if I'm like, okay, this is what we got, I'm gonna fucking eat there. I mean, I, I'm picky, but if they got something that's fire, I'll go with it. Like I don't eat at Arby's, but that Diablo Dare sandwich, thing was work, work, work of art, work of art. I don't care if it is horse meat, so good, so good. <laughs> Fantastic. Fantastic. Look, man. All right, I watched the TikTok of a guy like. Um, have, have you seen the, the TikTok of uh, the guy slaughtering the turtle and, like, making it into, like, stew? No. Like, well, here's the weird thing to me. So, like, he starts off, like, cleaning the shell and all that. And you're like, oh, he's polishing the turtle. And all of a sudden, you see an axe come down. And it just, like, um, like, I'm like, oh, my God, I'm horrified. And then I'm like, 
I'm horrified for like a millisecond. And I'm like, no, actually, I've seen meat be cut up. This actually isn't any different than like watching any other meat, other than the fact that this is a thing people keep as pets. And then he like starts cutting the shit up, and then all of a sudden he like fixes it in a stew. And by the end of this video, which is only like 40 seconds long, I'm like, that kind of looks bomb. Um, <laughs> I mean, ugh. I mean, ugh. look, I, I know it's a terrible genre of TikTok where like you see. <laughs> The video of the goose that's like in the camera looking all cute and then it like yeah, flashes goose. and yeah no and then it like flashes to the goose like on the table being cut up and um <laughs> uh look if you're a meat eater you kind of have to be like okay with the idea of like it, it's it's that old adage of everybody wants sausage but nobody wants to know how the sausage is made um and Honestly, I am at the stage where, like, I don't care how the sausage is made. Just, like, sure, you can show me a thousand videos of making sausage and I'll still eat it. It's whatever. Uh, oh, if y'all are coming to San Francisco for Revolution, there really isn't too many chains open late. Good to know. Thank you. But, but also, the thing I look forward to with West Coast pay-per-views is them shits are out early. Like, uh, I was talking to an AEW talent today who mentioned this morning that one of the things they're looking forward to with Seattle show next week is that it's over at seven and there's no rampage afterward. They literally have the rest of their night, uh, in a way where any place else you wouldn't have that. Yep. Yep. It's not bad. It's not a bad fit. Shit. That would mania when I was up there for mania years and years back. It's like, damn, it's still sunny out right now. God damn. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a different place. It's a different time. And mm -hmm. Yeah, even Dynamite being out at nine or Dynamite slash Rampage being out after like right after nine was something that a lot of people aren't used to because in different time zones. I was like, even for me, for as many uh, East Coast wrestling shows as I tend to attend, uh, I was used to looking at the clock and going, "Damn, it's after midnight." Okay, so that's fine, something. But it was like, no, nah, it's nine o'clock. Like nobody's closed. Well. Uh, anyway, Caden says, T, come down to Austin, and we'll go to Waffle House. I'm trying to think. What's next time there's a show going on there? We'll make it work. We'll make it work. I mean, Royal Rumble's in San Antonio. Uh, Only reason yeah, I'm not yeah. doing that is because we did that. We did yeah, Rumble in San Antonio. Did that. Yeah, I got a ch <laughs> Literally, my chair is actually right. You know what? Hold on. This shit, right? I got this chair right here. Oh, that's my that's my podcast the chair right there i got i have the same rumble chair by the way chair yep, yeah i have that i have that exact same chair sitting next to me yeah we did that we did rumble in uh and i have a poster sitting next to me too i have a poster uh royal rumble 2017 uh it says remember the rumble because it was the whole remember the alamo thing um like i've done all that so like i i if i want to see the rumble i want to see it in a different venue uh then because i went to the rumble last year st louis that was really cool uh yeah and I will go to more Rumbles because it's a great event. Um, oh, absolutely. I just, I'm in the mode to, like, start mixing it up as far as these events are concerned. Anyway. Got, oh, oh you're, go good, ahead. you're good. No, I was going to say, did I go in 2020? I did do the Rumble in 2020. You did. I? You in Houston. Because, yeah, it just returned. That's right. That's right. I remember that. There we go. Yeah, you went to Rumble. Uh, and you you had a view right behind the stage so you could see who like the entrant was right That's before right. they came out so you were like texting me like oh so-and-so's the next entrant ah <laughs> oh, good times good times like hey there's edge yeah there's you're like oh yeah you're like oh shit it's edge and <laughs> this was like yeah. a good 
minute before it actually happened on my screen. <laughs> yeah, it's good times. It's good times now. I was right there with Pyro. It was, it was, it was yeah, good. yeah. That that that's like ultimate scoops of having them just like a minute beforehand. Of all right, the next Rumble entrant is this person because literally I'm seated right yeah, where I can right see there. people waiting in the curtain. Which is funny. I didn't have a seat for that damn show. Like, my seat was on the other side of the arena. I was like, I'm just going to see what happens. And I stayed there standing for four (laughs) hours. Four hours near that entranceway. And nobody said shit to me the entire time. I was like, cool. Was was that the show where you got scammed? Was Rumble? No, no, that was SummerSlam. SummerSlam SummerSlam. in New York 2017? 2017, I think it was. Yeah. Oh, that was sad. That was sad. Mm -mm. Uh, Yeah. Well, I won't make you relive, relive that one. Uh, Orion Bid six 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 says, uh, "Who knew that Max would troll Jeff Jarrett, Karen Lethal, Tyres, uh, and Sanjay all on an inverted uh, hustler by uh, beat by Murs, whose remix was with John Cena? Wasn't that hustle? H U S T L E hustle. You'll never find a dollar that ain't my motherfucker. Yeah, uh, but anyway, um, the remix also had E forty on it." Because the ori- I think it's just the original version that has Cena, and the remix has Cena E40, and, and it's weird hearing John Cena and E40 on the same track. But um, anyway, that's uh, I do remember the video vividly, and uh, John Cena beating up uh, children, and <laughs> which this was 2004 John Cena, and then of course. He becomes a hero to kids a year later, <laughs> and it's like, no, I know what you did. You were Anakin Skywalker, my friend. You were slaughtering children in that Murs music video. Uh, it reminded me so much of the the Sting Sprite commercial. Oh with, yeah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> running through the house and everything. Yeah, yeah, that was a good one. Uh, are you ready to wrestle? I sure am. <laughs> he takes a drink of the Sprite. He's like, all right, let's go. And it Sting beats the shit out of him. Great stuff. Right yeah. <laughs> um. Anyway, the uh, coffee with Collins. Remember the Rumble Classic. Uh, I'm a fan of the diagonal entrance ramp. What's your favorite Rumble stage setup? Um. Honestly, it's the garden to me. I think that uh, having the doors. the doors open, the video doors especially, uh, and revealing like I think that was especially important to John Cena's return at the 2008 Rumble. Um, where he, of course, uh, makes his way out. The, those doors open, and he comes down with his head down. That's such an important visual that I don't think you can do that without that setup. Uh, that's my go-to. Also, because, what, 2000 was also at uh, the Garden, and yeah. I just think that visual of having the entrance on the hard the cam car, at all right? Yeah. The car above the doors, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. But because it's part of the hard cam set, so you see the entranceway the whole show, I think that makes for a better looking rumble view. Because you get it the whole time. You get it during the entire rumble match. You have this backdrop of a Tron and everything, and I just think you don't get any better than uh having the stage behind it. I but anyway, agree. I'll throw oh, in one, though, saying uh, 98, 99, just for nostalgia purposes, because 99 was the first Rumble I saw, No Chance in Hell. And uh, it's it's boring. It's just that boring circle, basically. But I think 98 did it as well, too. So I just have nostalgia like tied to mm-hmm. those there. So that's yeah. always mine. But, yeah, the M- M- MSG would definitely be, be the yeah. next one after that. I just think any any Rumble where you can keep the stage on the hard cam at all times so that 
throughout the entire match, you have the three, two, one, and they just entered the shot. Yeah. That I think is an unbeatable visual, and Agreed. I want to see that more. Uh, let's see. Then we had um, tag Ruby match: Soho. Ruby yeah. Soho teaming with Willow Nightingale versus Ty J. Uh, and oh yeah, I guess it's Ty J A S. Uh, but Ruby Soho and Willow Nightingale make for a very great combination. Uh, the yeah, I. I I love Ruby Soho and Willow as as that kind of. Did you watch Wednesday? Hell no, I didn't watch Wednesday. Of course not. You hate Tim Burton, but I, um, I okay. But either way, I, I look at them as very much a Wednesday and Enid combo. Like that's how I described it to my wife, who was with me. She's like, uh, um, she goes. This combination of the two, I was like, think of them as Wednesday and Enid as characters. And she immediately got what I was going for when I said that. Sure. Because, of course, um, Wednesday, I, I really think you kind of appreciate the show um, for one particular reason. It's another one of those, like, Tim Burton's not exactly being honest about his involvement here because he didn't direct most of the episodes. Uh, and, and he never like, will. That's, that's my issue. He never will either, though. Yeah, he'll never admit it. He'll never get the credit. But but the way that the show kind of like presents Wednesday initially is, you know, of course Wednesday is, um, you know, the kind of antisocial, sarcastic uh, character that we all know Wednesday to be. Except she's sixteen, and it's no longer endearing. Now you're kind of like, okay, you're. This is like a lot. Of, this is kind of sabotage in a way, and you're kind of like rooting for her to have humor and interactions as the season goes on. It very much reminds me of Daria in a way where like, as Daria starts to develop a relationship with somebody, you start to kind of feel like, okay, she's kind of needed this. Um, and like Enid kind of starts out as like a happy-go-lucky character that you initially are annoyed by, but by the end of it, you're like, she's kind of right. And she's actually the exact person Wednesday needs in her life. And uh, and you kind of start to feel a lot more for Enid. So look, I love I love Jenna Ortega. That that is the new screen queen right there. But uh, uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe I'll review it for next year. Maybe that'll be a review coming in. I don't know. That's gonna be a hard one. That's gonna be a hard one. So either way, I, I said all that to say that it's a great dynamic when I think about yeah. Ruby Soho and. Uh, uh, and some, somebody even in the chat said there was way more chemistry between Wednesday and Enid than any of the male love interests. I agree. I think they had a, a great dynamic. And by the end, you're kind of rooting for them as friends where initially you're like, OK, these two are polar opposites of each other. Like they're going to be in, they're going to get annoyed. But like you're kind of starting to root for them as you want to see them get along. You want to see it happen. And I feel like Ruby having that kind of annoyed face as Willow has her infectious joy and I like this combination. Now, initially, they don't have it together. Um, and uh, that's ultimately brought them down against Anna J and Ty Mello. Crowd was really into this. I was very surprised because I thought that they'd be worn down by the False Count Anywhere match. I didn't think they were. I thought they were very into this. Um, I thought there was a couple of uh, mistimed spots here, uh, specifically with Ruby in the chair that ended the match. Um, but I also felt like this was kind of going to kind of lead to a no disqualification situation since we got last year at New Year Smash Anna Jay and Ty um, against uh, Bunny and Penelope Ford and they have kind of shown that they that that's their 
their mode of expertise is what they do is that notice qualification type scenario. Yeah. Uh, so it seems like That's they the set right. up. It's the right people for a match like that as well, too. I think that match could actually do 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 some wonders for all all involved, obviously. And uh, I, I definitely think that Anna J absolutely kills and and no DQ matches as well, too. So I think that's a great setup. Great setup for that. That'd be a nice nice addition. Yeah, and that's what that's I think where it's going to, and I think that's why they had the chair set up. Um, and yeah, that was what it was. Uh, yeah. So talking about the Max Caster rap, that got some reactions in the crowd every line hit i saw karen jarrett's response on twitter i don't know if if for people who have seen that but she was not happy with that uh the line that you uh spending stealing money stealing money from the business like you stole kurt angle's wife like whoa (laughs) max went i think harder in that rap than he's gone in any rap he's ever dropped that was a big fire that was really good. Uh, I mean, that to me is pro wrestling, and yep. I, I loved it. I, I think this was just like, I can't believe it got away with a lot of what he said there. It was fun though. That was good. But anytime they get to do these in any of their feuds that they're in, it's like they always like raise the stakes with these raps. So good. Mm-hmm. So so good. Yeah. Great stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and oh yeah. Uh, the ring of he called Jay Lethal Ring of Honor's top guy from their bad years, like the the TNA did all of it was great, great stuff. I'm so glad Max Caster is allowed to go there. I mean, he's got to get approved. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. It's good stuff. It's good stuff for sure. Yeah. Uh, and finally, TNT title on the line. Samoa Joe. One on one with Wardlow in his rematch for the title. I said last week I was of the belief that after that incredible match that Samoa Joe and Darby Allen had three weeks ago on Dynamite, that the hotter feud right now seems to be Joe and Darby, and that it would be a mistake to put things back on Wardlow. I now fully believe that. And I fully believe that Darby should just get the TNT title next week. Not that this was a bad match, actually. I think Wardlow worked the crowd back into it. I think him working yeah. from behind with the handicap um, definitely helped get the crowd more into it because they were kind of there for Joe. And uh, there were a lot of Joe chants, including there was also there was a guy in the crowd named Joe with a <laughs> sign pointing down that said Joe. And he was getting a lot of Joe chants throughout the show, which I think was helping the crowd be into the idea of chanting Joe because we had already been chanting Joe for this guy named Joe. Uh, And so once Samoa Joe comes out, the crowd is like fully in Joe mode. And I thought, "Uh uh-oh, this is not good for Wardlow. Yeah, he did not have, like, until until about halfway through the match, I think the crowd was really way more pro-Joe than they were pro-Wardlow. But he he got him back, like you said, for sure. He got him back on the side. Yeah, he got him in. uh, He got him into it. And there was a huge, huge pop for that powerbomb that he he pulled off. Yeah, that powerbomb. Huge. Huge pop. Uh, But ultimately... Wardlow, uh, you know, they had the EMTs checking on him. He was really trying to, uh, they're really telling the sympathy story of his, his leg wasn't in, uh, wasn't in great shape uh, due to the attack earlier in the show, and he was trying to work against it. But ultimately, Joe won Coquina Clutch. 
And uh, then he cut Wardlow's hair. And then... Yeah, new look. And then Darby's music hits. Darby makes his way out, and he uh, attacks Joe, and it's now announced next week on Dynamite, live from Seattle, Darby's hometown, Darby versus Samoa Joe. I think Darby takes back the TNT title, and I think he should. And I think he should for one reason. I see the uh, the chat saying that, no, no, Samoa Joe's reign is too hot. Um, Samoa Joe is on a tear. Let him keep it. Disagree for one reason. Um... You know, I know respectfully we call um, Brody Lee the greatest TNT champion of all time. And I think that's the right title he should have simply because of the legacy he leaves behind in his passing. But I do think that pound for pound, stat for stat, I actually think Darby's run is the best TNT championship run of all time. And I think the issue with his run, of course, was the fact that Darby's entire run happened in the pandemic. He didn't get to uh, hold the belt in front of a crowd. Cody did get to win the belt back in front of a crowd. Because uh, thinking about who were the pandemic era TNT champions, it was Cody, Brody, and Darby. Um, all the rest of them got to hold it in front of the fans. Cody did win the belt back in front of the fans. Obviously, they can't redo Brody's. But I think Darby never got to have one. Never never got to have the run in front of the crowds. And I think it is probably time to revisit that uh, and give him a proper TNT championship run. The beauty of Joe is that you still do have the Ring of Honor television championship. And I think that he probably, you know, with the Ring of Honor weekly TV show launching here, they said in January... That's probably where Joe has to be. Yeah, that's where Joe's probably going to have to be focused. I think you should put the title on Darby Allen. Um, I still, like, at that point, Sheeta's the only one because uh, everybody else, John Moxley had a pandemic era run, but he ultimately did win the belt back eventually. Um, FTR still hasn't, and I think they are going to win the tag titles at some point. Uh, who else? What are the other belts? Um, but really, and it's just Hikaru Shida. It's uh, Hikaru Shida and FTR are kind of the only two who never really got another run with belts. If Darby wins it next week, and I think he's going to. That's my my gut feeling. Okay, okay. Not a, uh, not a Darby fan myself, but I could see the logic. I could see the logic for sure. I mean, look, they're in his hometown, um, and there's there's three hometown acts, and they're the front and center of the poster. For Seattle, it is Swerve Strickland, Darby Allen, and uh, Brian Danielson. All three will have matches next week, and uh, all three are going to be wrestling on Dynamite. This is kind of their show, especially with the AEW guys who are going to be in Japan. Um, yeah. Because you're going to have FTR in Japan. You're going to have uh, Kenny Omega in Japan. I... I don't know. I think there's there's ways to, to tell the story of this being kind of just their show. Because um, I think at this point now, yeah, we know of, what, four or five matches for that show in Seattle? Yeah. Yeah. Either way. So? I think it's going to be a good show, too. I think that... Oh, it's, uh, it's going to be hot. Yeah, because I think the new presentation, I think doing Jericho and... Um, 
Starks. And Ricky Starks now is going to be good. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see. But again, I want to see Darby kind of go on that run he was having before just with crowds around. Because he had some great title defenses. I think the match with uh, Jungle Boy, great stuff. Uh, match with um, uh, Scorpio Sky was great. And I think he was just having a great run with the belt, really, till he lost to Miro. Uh, and that's because it was time for Miro. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I have opinions on Rampage. I can't talk about them right now because I'm not going to spoil Rampage. But, uh, great show. Yeah. Either way, Denver. Denver needs more wrestling. I literally sure went, uh, I went to, oh yeah, and then Derek asks, uh, so do you think Swerve wins it from Darby? I think that's a feud that they can revisit. Uh, I don't know when they revisit it. Um, my feeling is that if they're doing Swerve and... Keith probably at Revolution is my thought if uh, Keith is going to be kind of away and off TV for a minute then I think that and then make the comeback whenever it's time to start building toward that match uh, yeah I don't know um, I think he could be the one I would love to see here's some fantasy booking all right you want to book Miro. You want to see what to do with Miro next. You ready for it? Fantasy booking time. I would book Miro to answer Orange Cassidy's challenge uh, and win the All-Atlantic Championship. I think that all of a sudden, we have an international champion again. Rep- he's representing Bulgaria. Miro wins the All-Atlantic title. Yeah, yeah. And the... Oh. And then, uh, and don't forget, folks, I agree with the chat. Leave us a thumbs up if you're sitting here watching. Just really quickly, leave us a thumbs up. They always help uh, and help support this show. Same with your super chats. And I've got a couple of Humper chats I still got to read. But hang on, King of the North. I'm getting to that. I think Miro should go on a little bit of a long run. And the person who should dethrone Miro is Takeshita. That does I think itself. I think if you uh, crown Takeshita in, I'd say like, you could even push that to, I don't know. Let's say you put the belt on Miro, revolution-ish, March, right? Um, I think you could really push that to all out and have Takeshita, that be kind of his crowning moment of dethroning Miro. I think it should be a valiant win over a top heel um, that's what I want to see Takeshi to get. I think he, I think he is born for that All Atlantic Championship. I absolutely think Takeshi should be the one with the belt, but I think Miro should be the one he beats. That's my fantasy booking. I like that. I mean, look, if if we can't have it, have it the way that I would go. Which, if you're gonna bring in somebody to actually take out Darby and get that TNT title, and you want to make money. And Tony Khan is about making money. If you remember what I was saying, then if you're not going to go with Miro at the Cashida, then the best way for Tony Khan to make money, baby, is Shane. Oh, Mac. Get that Mac money going again now. Shane McMahon, next TNT champion, baby. Book it. Gold. Money. Again. Let's go. Let's go. 
I suppose. You know what, though? Trent could win the title tomorrow. Who knows? Uh, you have to watch uh, Rampage, I guess, to find out. But, folks, that's it for this edition of Day After Dynamite. Darren Reynolds, where can the people find you? Guys, you can find me uh, You can find me on Twitter. My uh, Twitter handle is Axdew. That's A-X-D-E-W. Yeah, I know it's weird. It doesn't make any sense there. That's exactly how I got the handle two decades ago now as well, too. You can find me on YouTube. Just search T Watches a Scary Movie or go to YouTube.com slash C slash Theron Reynolds Scary Movie. Got a link tree in my bio as well, too. And audio-only versions are up on all your favorite podcasting platforms. Check me out. Uh, yeah, if you like scary movies, that's the show you want to watch, y'all. Uh, the chat is asking, uh, did I talk to Sheeta yesterday? Yes, of course I did. Um, of course. Saw and, that photo. Yeah. And, uh, well, I got to have some good conversations. I'll, I'll just, I'll say that. Uh, but otherwise, this was a fun experience. This was a fun week. I was looking forward to this. Um, got to see a lot of people. Um, anybody who obviously sent in super chats or just mentioned uh, that they bumped into me thank you I, I i love talking to everybody uh and hopefully if i didn't give you any time uh that wasn't uh intentional but i, I always try to make time for anybody who comes up who tries to say hi uh and i it just it was a good time it was a good time being around everybody i got to see some old friends as well uh friends i don't get to see very often uh, got to go um i had some family members who were gonna try and go and then when they saw the weather was no good uh and they were like look i'm not trying to drive home on a nissan altima uh i know i'm gonna get stuck and i'm not taking my kids so um i ended right up move. i ended up gifting those tickets to another friend and uh because it, it turned out to be a friend's birthday and so i was like you know what take them um, please take these for your birthday. And so I, uh, a couple of my other friends got to go and then it was just a good time. I got to see friends I haven't seen in a long time. Even like we ran into high school friends at the show. God, <laughs> yeah, that was throwback. That was throwback now. Yeah, Jeez. it was. We were literally just working our way to our seats and all of a sudden in our row, there's a, uh, that's it. Anyway, Matthew Makovsky says petition for dad on January 12th to be two hours. <laughs> I mean, look, if it is truly um, you know whom, then sure. Uh, let's see. Uh, so here we have this one. I want to make sure I read this one. A couple of Humper Chats. MC Scammer says, uh, Hey, Will, I sent you a large Humper Chat last week, but you missed it. Wanted to wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year, bro. You're my favorite. Uh, wait. You're my favorite host, Dad, and Grap City. Oh, you're my favorite host, Dad, and Grap City are the best shows on YouTube. I see what you're meaning there. I'm like, favorite host, Dad? Okay, is that like a ghost dad like Bill Cosby? I don't know. Um, but um, he says, much love, brother. Uh, thank you so much. Um, and Pablo sent one in here. Pablo says, uh, sorry, I didn't get the whole thing. I'm trying to get this over here. It keeps deselecting, and it's really angering me uh but i'm keeping it under control uh pavlo says no lie during the hook entrance i turned to my girlfriend and said we should all be doing the hook hook show us the hook chant didn't realize it actually goes hook hook where's the hook 
There it is. There I love is. that movie. I love that movie. I have a signed copy by Rufio upstairs. So yeah, I, I fucking love it. Look, it's fantastic. I just watched that with my kids for the first time because they had never seen it. Uh, and I thought, you got, I never showed you Hook. It's time. And we sat down and we watched Hook, and it was good stuff. Ryan says, uh, love, Dad. Uh, good episode so far, guys. Uh, tangentially to Sa- Sasha Mercedes Watch 2023, what are your CM Punk return odds after that Dax pod and Punk's response? Happy New Year. Glad you asked. Nobody asked that question. Let's talk about CM Punk. You want to talk about CM Punk? Uh, CM Punk. 45%. I know there are certain holdups in AEW. Um, they're not who you think they are. But I know there are certain holdups in AEW um, that would be... Uh, uh, that are preventing things from moving forward. But I... I do think I'm starting to lean towards. I think the next place we see CM Punk is on AEW TV. That's my gut feeling. That is my true feeling. You ask um, it what my next like 2023 prediction is. I think that like one of the things you should have taken away from the Tony Khan interview was Tony mentioning. Tony talks about CM Punk's time on TV very positively, and I know that's not the way he wanted that to end. And as a fan. Just watching that stuff, that's not the way I wanted that to end. I did not want to see CM Punk's run that seemed to be... Ha- he was having a great year there. Like, people forget that man face, Penta. Um, like, he, he was just having the craziest set of matches of, like, can you believe this person's facing CM Punk? The weirdest set of those types of matches. And yet, we didn't really get to even scratch the surface of the biggest Punk matches we can get. And I don't think anybody wanted to see the run in that way. No way Tony Khan wanted to see it that way. Right now I'm at 45%, but I feel like I could see it uh, increasing. But it is nice to know that at least on Punk's end, that's what he wants. As Punk tweeted, A-E, duh. Um, Or that wasn't a tweet, but it was an Instagram comment. Uh, We shall see. Also, I'm going to point out here really quick, and not on the punk stage, but uh, Redmond, I would love, I would love to have the bunny on my show, and uh, there's a Puppet Master game coming out in March, I believe, and I know that the bunny is all about Puppet Master, and that could be a reason to watch more than the first two Puppet Master movies, so uh, tweet her, let her know that she should come and do the show with me, because that would be fun, that would be so much fun. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, folks, that's it for this edition of Day After Dynamite. Thank you for being with us. Theron Reynolds. I am Will Washington and I will see you next time. Have a great day. Oh, and real quick, we got a special edition. Me and Denise Salcedo. Tomorrow, youtube.com slash Denise Salcedo. It's our special. People have been asking us to do it. It's a special edition of After the Week titled After the Year and we're going to go with our top three moments of the year and our worst of the year. So definitely check us out. We will be live. That is tomorrow. Until next time though, see you next time. Have a great day. Peace. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. 
And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.